Today's Unashamed Alcoholic guest is Andrea Stefanchikova. Andrea is a Canadian actress and producer who is open and honest about what she calls a lifelong struggle with addiction. Andrea shares her story today and speaks about her road to recovery. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Andrea. Thanks for uh, joining me here today. I'm- oh my God. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I just wanted to tell you, I felt, oh I was really excited when I saw you follow me and then I listened to your podcast and I was like, it's a, it's a good idea. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. I'm really, I'm actually, I, I try to speak about it, um, you know, and working in the industry that I do. Um, there's still a lot of stigma and I'm trying to break the stigma about, you know, around addictions and, and alcoholism because it needs to change yeah otherwise people will never ask for help they'll just keep hiding well and that's the thing that's kind of why I wanted to do like in this sort of the idea here is to talk to people who have like a platform and are talking about it because then it really shows that it can affect anyone you know like I've talked to like reality stars I have talked to authors I've got like you know I wanted like the politician side of things like it can just affect anybody like it's not just and it changes like the people have this weird misconception of like what an alcoholic looks like what someone in recovery looks like well you know it's just like that's I just want to kind of paint the picture like it can be anyone I think they assume that if you are an alcoholic or an addict and if you're working you're you're less your worth is less than another worker and you're probably going to do a good a bad job and you're probably not yeah. reliable and you're probably a bad person and right. most likely a convict or you're going to rob them or <laughs> them. it's crazy right there's a misconception exactly. that exactly. alcoholics or addicts are bad people they're not bad people I mean every even the best person in the world is going to make mistakes and I think that people who have a habit they can just go really, you know, to any length to kind of get what they need to feel normal. Yeah. And that's, absolutely. you know, and they, instead of punishment, there should be like help. It should be given out normally. It yeah. Be like anything else, right. When we have a, when we have a problem, yeah. I mean, we go to a doctor, they, we talk about it. Exactly. You know, like, that's just office. it. Like not feeling like you can't ask for help or talk to someone about it because like there's this, the stigma around it. Like, just saying like, I'm an alcoholic is so hard at first because you feel like something's, you've done something wrong. Like now, like you're a failure, you're weak. Like there's all these things around those words and whatever, whatever it is, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, I have a, you know, an alcohol problem, whatever it is, it's, it's, it makes you, there's sort of this like the shame right around it oh there's so much shame and I think that's that's the reason why a lot of people will just keep hiding Mm -hmm. and not talk about it because the shame and there's still so much judgment that I mean people talk about it more but the judgment is still there and I've right I've kind of seen it not for my parents my my parents have been really supportive and so has my brother and now my husband and a lot of my close friends, once they've kind of gotten their minds like together, they, when I was really serious, that's when people were like, okay, wait a second, you know, because I kept a lot of people away when I, when things were really bad and yeah, I had very like fair weather friends or just, I was just, you know, you just know where to go. You find the people that you need to be with in the moment. Right. But um, there's a lot of judgment. It's interesting because it's, it's okay to get completely shit faced in a bar <laughs> and to be an absolute a-hole and mm-hmm. act like a different person mm-hmm. 
and you know and black out and not remember mm-hmm. but it's not okay to say that i'm an alcoholic or yeah. i'm in recovery or i'm yeah. sober then it's like oh like, you don't oh. drink yeah. and i'm like oh this, like you're like this, there's like this thing yeah there's like something wrong there's something wrong with you like oh and i think a lot of people it's um it makes them uncomfortable because they're like well i'm doing the same things you are so if you're saying you have a problem like do I have a problem? And I find that too. Like people think just cause I've said like my story now, people are like, I have friends who are um, kind of quietly telling me like, I've started to drink again. Like, I don't want you to be upset. Like I have nothing to do with your, your Same. story at all. And do whatever you want. It's just, yeah. I want you to feel like you can talk to me if you, you know, don't want to drink anymore, but if you want to drink, like that's go, go nuts. Good. Be, by all means. Right. Yeah. The other day, someone, it was one of my friends and we were going for, you know, we were meeting up. She's like, do you mind if we go to a bar? And I said, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It was like four in the afternoon, but whatever. Yeah. Like, do you mind if I have a glass of wine? And I'm like, what am I? Some kind of like police. You're the drinking police. I'm like, it's totally fine. And I ordered a cappuccino and there was like this awkward moment. And I was like, what? I love cappuccino and I always have. Yeah. And I don't care that you have a glass of wine. I'm not judging you. No. Fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not judging you just how I don't want you to judge me for not, you know, it's, I went to San Francisco when I was three months sober, which was really oh. difficult mm. with a friend and she's not a big drinker, but she would have like a drink at dinner. And I wound up getting like these asking them to make me like the night, like really nice, interesting, non-alcoholic drinks. And mine, she wound up wanting to drink mine more because like she was just getting like a glass of wine or whatever. And so mine wound up being more delicious, much cheaper and more appealing than, than like the, the, you know, the same old, same old, but like, it's that sort of like, I want to feel like I fit into mentality, like make me something. So it looks like I'm not just having a a Coke, you know? Yeah. It was the first year was very tough, right? Yes. There's seems like there's so many people who are in recovery or who have talked openly about that, who are in like, um, you know, the acting or producing or directing or whatever it is like that just seems like it's so it's rampant. So it's interesting to still hear that there's like a lot of stigma. There is. I mean, there is a lot more help, especially in the last, I think, two, three years, it has been more like I've been aware of it and they've actually reached out and I have spoken um, on a bunch of panels as well, like as, 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 as well as many other people have. And first I wasn't really comfortable because I'm like, well, you know, that, that's funny. I was judging. I was like, well, I don't know if I'm old enough to, you know, to when I speak, if people are going to believe me or respect what I have to say. And I don't know if I'm sober long enough and mm. I'm not sure if I'm important enough. Just all these like, you know, <laughs> like doubting myself. Yeah. But there is a lot more help and they are really, you know, there are group emails that go out from the union and um, from the UBCB ACTRA, oh. ACTRA union, and then also for IATSE. And there's a huge talk about mental health and yep. we have a lot, a lot of like there's counseling available and, whole bunch of different outlets and same goes for addictions the addictions is still a little quieter I think it's because a lot of people are it's the industry right there are a lot of jobs long hours and 
there are a lot of functioning addicts and right. everyone knows that you know who they are right. you know most of them who they are because a lot of them you know you can hide well I mean I could hide well for a long time because I wasn't homeless yeah you know I functioned I yeah. had a job not all the time because it became you know more difficult and I was just just didn't make I just didn't make it to work. I would cancel last minute or same things with, you know, appointments. So there was like a bit of a habit and people start, start noticing, mm-hmm. but on sets and within the industry, yeah, you see, you, you see a lot of people and the long hours and it's, it's a way of coping, you know, right. and it's also circumstantial and, you know, from some people's lives, but it's just kind of accepted and ignored in a way. I think that the fear is, and that's where the problem still is, is that when a production finds out that someone who works, let's say on their crew, let's say it's not the lead actor, not the director, but it's a crew member mm-hmm. who on the ranks is, let's say, less important. Maybe it's not the cinematographer, but it's another crew. Mm-hmm. And because there's a lot of hierarchy on sets, there's, st- I mean they're working against it but there still is no so let's say that the production finds out that there is an addict working alcoholic and maybe drinks on a job or is hungover or or is taking something they'll most likely quietly find a reason to get rid of this person wow right and they'll make it something else right that's that's what the first thing probably would be wow or yeah that's the thing that's the thing it depends who notices, who brings it to the production. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why a lot of people probably are afraid to ask for help because they're thinking like, God, I don't want to lose. I don't want to seem like a weaker person or someone who's exactly. in the work. Yeah. I will. A liability. Yeah. A liability because that's what it is. Because in production's eyes, it's always like, oh, we're going to lose money. That's <laughs> all that matters. Yep. So, so brutal but that's how productions work especially television it's like it's like just yeah. so fast like yeah. um and i'm not saying that they're bad people i just think that that should change for sure because do you think there's a difference when there if someone's in that position and they're like in active addiction or their active alcoholism or it's like they're in recovery is there a different look to those two like those two people has been sober for a long time and they know that this person is recovering or then that's a different thing but not a lot of people will share I think a lot more now like I always Mm -hmm. like when I I remember I was working on something and I was just um beginning my sobriety I have just announced that I'm an alcoholic addict and that I'm no longer using and drinking Mm -hmm. it was quite tough and like very emotional and I was Like even just to say the first time that, you know, stand up in a meeting and really, really look at the people and say, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. I I think they both, I just, I, it was so, it was so emotional for me and I cried. Mm -hmm. It was very, very difficult. And because there was so much shame that I Mm -hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. and so much fear and I was just like I just it was so strong like I felt like sick to my stomach literally mm-hmm. and that was the kind of thing that um said I was uncomfortable to say that not right like I would say to some people and they're like oh my god so how long are you not gonna drink for like, <laughs> the question so you're never gonna drink for the rest of your life so helpful. And I'm like well 
today I'm not going to. Right. Like, like, give me a, they're like, oh, we're giving you a month. Like people would yeah. make it first, you know? And I'm thinking like, they're like, you know, you can't be that bad. I mean, why don't you just try to find balance between drinking too much and not drinking at all? I mean, you can do that. You're a strong person. <sighs> I'm like, oh, but if I was able to do that, I would still be drinking, you know, or, but that's the thing. I mean, I've that's tried to do problem. that for years now and it hasn't worked. <laughs> exactly. Obviously my reason, whatever that is, is a reason serious enough that no one should question it, you know? let alone have to explain yourself to someone over dinner or your colleague or whatever, like, yeah. you know, who's nosy enough to kind of just push it that extra, that extra mile. And that's what I just thought, like now, three years later, like I've, you know, done so much work in recovery and, and, you know, I just, as I sort of started talking about it, I'm like, well, I want to be able to say it. I am able to say it now. I don't want to have people, like have that still like that misconception, that judgment, because like, you, you, you know, I don't just saying I'm sober or, um, you know, I don't drink doesn't really explain me. And while wow. I don't want to have to like, just announce it at the beginning of every sentence, when I meet someone, I want to yeah. feel comfortable enough saying it. So like, I've gotten to that point where I'm, you know, willing to, yeah. willing to talk about it. And I just want, it's just so it's so misunderstood. All of it's just so misunderstood, like from beginning to end, we know who it is, who it affects, what it looks like, the language that's used. Like there's just so much misunderstanding, misconception around it. And then shame, shame for the person who is talking about it, you know, themselves. <laughs> like it's just, it's the, the weight of that at the beginning. And then even like 10, 15, 20 years later, some people still feel they can't talk about it. I just think like it's, it's unfair because yeah. it's a part, a part of who you are. You know, it's funny because I, um, like some of my neighbors, I remember, you know, they were drinking outside or whatever. And then I just, they asked me if I want to have a drink. And I said, no, I, I don't drink. Oh, you don't drink? And then I said, no, I'm sober. So that was quite, it was a bit quiet. And they talked about it. And they're like, like, may I ask you why you're sober? And I said, because I'm an addict and alcoholic in recovery now. Good for you. And I, rem- I like the face on one of those neighbors was like, oh my God, she's like, <laughs> like a real, like a real alcoholic. And I said, well, it's alcoholic. I mean, one, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she says, oh, and I could just feel the, like the turnaround. Yeah. And this super awkward. And actually I was awkward in that moment. Cause I was like, oh my God, but it shouldn't be like that. No, it shouldn't be like that. No, it should just be like a cat, you know, you just, you say it and the, I mean, you shouldn't have to say it. It's like one of those things where I used to face where people were, I wasn't drinking because I was pregnant and couldn't tell anyone yet. And they would be like pressing me. Why, 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 why aren't you having a drink? Why aren't you? Because like just not having a drink is just such a big deal that people get all up in arms about it and have to like, keep going. I mean, to me, anyone who continue, if if I want to tell you, I will tell you, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm an alcoholic, but I think there has to be a, like a limit of respect, you know, of, of like asking about it. Although it is funny to see the looks on people's faces when you just casually <laughs> do say it, you know, like if, if you're comfortable enough in it, you know, I've got I've like the kids, friends, parents around here, they kind of push me sometimes like, and I'm at the point where I'm going to, I'm close to saying it, but I, I also want to respect, you know, the kids and what they might hear secondhand, yeah. you know, it's a, 
while I'm not ashamed, I am aware of what that can lead to in terms of no. misunderstanding. Yeah. So people get afraid. It's like, I, I teach acting and I teach kids and teens and, you know, I am, I don't, I don't really just drop it. I mean, it doesn't usually just come out unless there's a reason for me to say it. And most people by now know. Yeah. And I have to say a lot of people, as soon as, you know, I say that I'm an alcoholic, I just, that's why I'm sober. They said, oh my God, I have so much respect for you because that must be so hard. So, you know, a lot of people and, you know, and some people check in and a lot of industry people have, you know, contacted me because they've known that I've struggled with this for God, like half of my life, you know, so that whole career, like since ever. Mm -hmm. So they know, and they've seen me my worst and you're very messy and like, you know, and they just, and they they see that I actually have a really great life now. Like I'm functioning, I'm happy, things are happening and I didn't stop living, you know, I didn't. (laughs) life didn't stop after right. it's actually gotten better exactly it, it yes. didn't get easier that yeah. I, you know people are like oh so now that you stopped drinking like what is it really easy I'm like no <laughs> I mean there are still the same problems same conflicts you know same worries and I am I'm not you know I'm not escaping I'm exactly there. you have to feel everything well, now and feel, deal with it yeah, deal with it on life's terms it's not like on my terms like okay I'm just gonna check out now for two yeah. weeks <laughs> you know it's so and that was I think because for me it was you know because I've been um drinking and 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 using drugs since literally my like early teens it's mm-hmm. a very long time and although I've had some sobriety in between I was just unable to stop because I would always say I'm too young or uh, yeah. maybe a few more years or, but I knew from a very young age that I that I had it that I had the disease really so, oh yeah what, I, ma- what yeah. made you realize that I because when I was still in high school I overdosed mm-hmm. and I was going to this kind of it wasn't a rehab. I was staying at home, but after school, I had to go to some place. I can't, I can't really remember because we just moved here and it's like all a blur. Okay. It was like a counselor type of thing, but I would hang out there for the afternoons. And I, I really, that was like clear to me, like, okay, like this, you know, we talk about things that I do and I didn't really speak very much English back then, but then in my early twenties, yeah, I was like a, f- a full blown, you know, addict and, and I had a multiple like emergency uh, visits and Mm -hmm. so I knew and Mm -hmm. I actually tried to go to some meetings on my own because I was like because I think someone told me about it and I was like okay I'll go and I remember sitting there and judging everyone this is so I mean it's the classic right (laughs) sitting there I I went there on my own and I'm sitting there and like half in my tears just kind of hiding like in my jacket (laughs) And I'm thinking like, I'm not like you, like, I'm not like these people, like these people, I'm different. I have I the same thoughts. You know, the same thoughts. Yeah. And that is, yeah. So I, yeah. So, so, so I, so I left and I was like, wow, they're like crazy religious people. And, and then, you know, I went back to it and, but then I would always have like a month or like a week of cleanse. And then I went through detox and rehab at like 24, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I managed to stay clean for about, I can't remember, a few months. 
but since then I knew all I was like okay bad things ha have already happened mm -hmm. and I know I, I can't I know I, I know I'm an addict and, and I'm an alcoholic and I so know you were you were calling yourself that in your head already at that head, but, but whenever people ask me I was like no like I have a bit of a problem but I got this basically I was I was still trying my own way you mm -hmm. know my own way for a long time and then in my 30s it's so then in my later 20s somehow I had like I had really hit like a rock bottom and I don't think people actually there's a that's another misconception because people are like well all addicts have to or alcoholics have to hit a rock bottom to get sober mm -hmm. I don't think so I mean it doesn't you don't you don't need your your life to fall apart and lose everything in order to seek for help and I think that's what we're trying to do right we're trying to normalize or break the stigma about it so we people don't have to like nearly die and lose their homes yeah you don't have to lose you know lose the the cars lose the house lose the marriage lose the kids lose your job you want to have like your your rock bottom is a little higher and area you know than it than it could have been like mine could have been a lot a lot worse I, I was just so sick I was so sick of thinking about drinking and thinking about when my next drink would be and like analyzing it how much are they drinking and am I drinking too fast and is it how much do I have tonight which liquor store did I go to yesterday should I need to go to a different one today when do I when what time will the kids go to bed how much can I drink before and it was just like this like this never-ending thing real playing in my head yeah, obsessing yeah uh, yeah the obsessiveness of it like I just was so and I knew that my drinking differed from everybody else but I I was like I'm, I'm not an alcoholic because I have a job <laughs> and I, I have a husband and I have a, a family like I'm not neglecting the kids uh, I, you know I I just I said, just need to drink sometimes, you know, it's just this, like what I told myself for so many years. So when you say like, you knew, you know, years before, like I, I, I haven't, I honestly, I haven't heard anyone say that before. So I, I'm fascinated that like you, you, you could say it in your head. I was I in a meeting and I was in the first meetings going like, I'll say it because I have to, because I'm here. Like, I don't think I really belong. Yeah. I'll say it. I didn't, I was just like, didn't fully mm -hmm. believe it yet. So I'm really I I'm, I'm in awe. Like I admire that, that you, you had the capability of recognizing that early on. That's well, it was, I knew it, but the, for me, what I was struggling with, with, I, it was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get like, give up every, because for me, that was giving up everything. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to give up my life. I can't. <laughs> so I was like, maybe if I'm older, <clears throat> at least I have lived enough. Like I had this stupid theory about like, yeah. So, so I, what I would do, I would like, I would be like, okay, I'm going to do less drugs and I'll drink more. And then I'll, and then it just got completely out of hand again. Cause I was with a certain partner who was an addict, you know, in other aspects, but we mm -hmm. were kind of just really, oh, just not, not good for each other in that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. of that, we just, we we're feeding each other's addictions mm. and yeah, it took me, it's, it's so crazy. It like really happened in my, well, like almost four years ago when I really stood up with what I was engaged and I have, I have completely stopped 
like maybe two years or a year and a half before I got engaged I just stopped going out and I was avoiding all people Hmm. so then I because then if I was home alone I it wouldn't get completely out of hand what what was in my hand in my eyes Mm -hmm. it was out of hand (laughs) but I wouldn't have the the terrible experiences that could happen outside because Mm -hmm. I was acting like don't know like somebody else somebody else I wear somebody else if, if we drink so yeah then and, and then it was after our engagement party that she got very drunk and I had really bad thoughts um at the end of the night in my head somehow and then I don't remember and then I blacked out and I think and then my now husband told me the, the things that I was saying and the things that I was trying to do and I didn't remember it and I still don't remember it but it scared me so much in that moment because I was because I was thinking like my, my I'm kind of going in the right direction and I know that I'm not, I'm like a hair away from losing everything mm-hmm. because I, I don't have any control over it whatsoever because mm-hmm. I am just kind of doing it by going anywhere and just being with my husband but still I got drunk and I, I made a fool out of myself mm-hmm. when I came home and I was saying things that are like hard to forgive you know hard hard to forget for, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least so I said the next day I was crying bawling of course you know like in bed all dressed make with makeup from the night before and my family was actually here there because I traveled for the engagement party and I said that's it I'm done mm-hmm. I'm done and I'm done forever and mm-hmm. this time I mean it and then Chris was like okay um what do you want what do you what what do you want me to do and I said nothing I'm just gonna go to a meeting and I'm never gonna drink again and I never did and now it's almost four years wow and of course if I didn't drink I wouldn't touch drugs and then you know and it was like it's a tough decision because we were (laughs) about to get married and Mm -hmm. it was like oh my god it was just such a such a huge different like such a big change in our and I and I didn't know I was that was the first time I actually really got sober and I forgot that I actually, because I've been using and drinking since such a young age, that I actually didn't know what it was like to be the real me, <sighs> and what it was like to be participate in real life on yeah. life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like slap, slap, slap everywhere, like boom, like just whoa, like I was so overwhelmed for, and you know, and we lasted through it. I'm surprised that I was. I, I know I was unbearable at times, just, just so like the mood swings, mm-hmm. it takes a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to meetings and I was fighting the meetings and not going enough and going and, and then I can and then it kind of started getting better and it started getting better and, yeah. you know, and, and now I just look back and I'm like, okay, you know, that was a rough year, maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half or two, yeah. but then it just so many good things started happening and you know my family started being a little more bit more relaxed and less afraid that they would get the call that I died or something Mm -hmm. wow you know winning my friends back that I did things to that I had no idea that I did and so you were planning a wedding and then got married in like the first period of sobriety yeah so how how was how was that because the wedding planning is wow intense on its own so intense but the weirdest thing was like the because you know when you when you're newly sober it's very difficult to have fun because (laughs) we're missing the yeah 
but you know, I have to say like the wedding, the, the whole before was like insane. Like it was, I thought I wouldn't be able to take it. And I had, you know, bless our healer and my husband and my family and mm-hmm. my brother and every, and my, my best friends who have been like supporting and just mm-hmm. trying to keep it all together. It worked out. The wedding was great, but deep inside during the wedding, I was just like, oh, like people drinking and you know we got married back home from Slovakia it's like there now everything's about drinks and mm-hmm. even the tradition that you know you're supposed to drink your shot and then you break it and then you have to clean up the glass together <laughs> so they gave me you know they gave me water because they knew before so nobody actually knew but oh. they all thought that I actually had a shot except for my parents and my husband obviously okay it was stuff it happened and you know and then it then it was okay I had fun. I ended up having, we did a lot of dancing and that kind of saved me because that was always my, I loved it. Yeah, me too. And, I, I, it's, and it's something that like, I really realized that was something like, I'll, you know, when you think like, I'll never have fun again, um, that you realize like, oh, I can still go to concerts. I can still go out and dance. Like, and now I remember it. And I don't fall as much <laughs> and, and embarrass myself, humiliate yeah. myself during it. Yeah. But the best part is like, I find like for concerts, like I remember all of it. Like it's the, but the remembering it is the best part. Like I was super the drunk at my wedding. Remembering is the best part, you know, like, I mean, they're always, and you know, but I definitely, I mean, if anyone is, you know, getting sober um, and starting recovery, like do not do it just before you get married. I see, because it really does strain a lot of stress when I'm married, like in the first, you know, year yeah. and a half like we're still yeah. relatively newly married just over three years and because it takes a while to really find yourself and to to find out what you like to do and like how you deal with people and well like you said like you got over and found out who you were like that's yeah. I was literally just thinking that yesterday I was like only until like I sort of and I said it I said because I said I'm an alcoholic and then everything kind of started after that only then did I start to realize who I'm, I'm in like in late thirties, you know, 37, 38 and, and, and into now, like, did I started to realize like who I was, what I liked, what I didn't like. I, none, none of that mattered before. Cause I would just drink, like <laughs> I would just cover everything up and carry yeah. on. You know? And yeah. now I like, Oh, okay. Like, I mean, I can't, I it's, it's crazy to think I didn't know who I was before. Yeah, because I think that, you know, alcohol or drugs, it's like a, it's like a varnish. It's like a superficial polish. Yes. Who It kind of, kind of protects you, makes you numb a little bit, mm-hmm. but everything underneath is raw and mm-hmm. it's boiling and it's, it's crying for help. Absolutely. Right. And it's, and that's what, when people say like, oh, it must be so easy once, once you give up all that. <laughs> and I'm like, well. Yes and no, because everything that you've been hiding and escaping from is all of a sudden there for you to deal with and you really feel it. Yeah. And so there's, you know, a lot of inner work, but it's beautiful, like really searching and figuring out who you are and really being interested and helpful to everyone else and not being so like me, 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 me. Oh, it's because- oh, so selfish. It's so like, oh. I, I, like I, if I said one thing that's changed if I could pinpoint one huge thing that like has changed, it's the selfishness for me. Like I I can identify that. Like now it's like, what can I do to, to spread this word? And then it's so, it's so much, life is so much better afterwards. And I did a lot of inappropriate things and I've said a lot of inappropriate things to people 
and like now when I when I'm reminded of it I am I feel so I I feel so sorry and I feel it's it's such a shame and 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 that's why it was really important for me to you know come out to people and some people I probably still haven't apologized to everybody I mean you know I, I will meet them in person but yeah mm-hmm. it's uh yeah <laughs> you had said it when you sort of were talking about your story of going you know you how like starting to use and and drink and you know going through all of that as a teenager and in your 20s that's it's such a fascinating story and I, I had read one of your interviews where you'd said like they'd ask you what your biggest accomplishment was and you said getting sober and I I thought, well, that's an interesting, you know, as, as a, as a, an actor, like I'm, I was, you know, that that was your answer. It wasn't something yeah. related to a role or doing this or doing that. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, that's really honest. Like that. And, yeah. and I thought like, and you said it had been a lifelong struggle and now I understand what you mean. Like, I just think you painted such a clear picture of like years of like All a roller that, coaster. Yeah. yeah. And there's things that we do, right? As when we're active in our drinking and choices that I would never do now, you know, when I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I did that. Th- that's why I wrote that book. I just, I still haven't, that's my big thing that, you know, I still haven't put it out there. And I have a book that I've written. It's been now a few years that, that it's been finished and it's just sitting on my shelf, like oh. well, in the computer. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, my shelf in the computer, <laughs> and that kind of has the whole story of like just to how to how far just one can go, mm-hmm. and just kind of make it still okay. Mm-hmm. And then Always. there's like double life, you know. Like yeah. a lot of us would live like a double life, and yeah. not saying it's okay or that it's an excuse, but it's just how like what can happen to people and. And the interesting thing is that how well you can hide things from people that you know, mm-hmm. if you really, you know, like, because you become like this trickster, right? When you're an alcoholic and because you, you are hiding what you're doing. So you just become like this really liar, you know, liar. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't not that matter as long as it serves you. It yeah, doesn't matter. Self-serving whatever works, you know? So Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just looking here if there's anything that from the misconceptions because you said it there. Um, yeah, like the bad people that addicts and alcoholics are bad people. I mean, you know, that's I, it's such a big it's a myth, I would say. And, it's and the, a, the people would realize if they, they know probably a whole lot more in uh, have a whole lot more al- alcoholics and addicts in their lives are just people who aren't talking about it right like people think oh, oh like I don't know anyone who's like well you probably do they're just not saying it <laughs> like, you know it's not everyone who's just homeless and you know destitute somewhere it is just people who have jobs and lives and are just there's many people who are suffering and there's people who are in recovery and you just it's just not something that's spoken about so there's all this stereotyping yeah. around what it looks like well, my doctor uh, passed away, I think, bless her, last year. And she died of alcoholism. Wow. So, and she was practicing until, you know, months before her death. But it just it just ate away everything in her body. Everything. Wow. And it's so sad. And, you know, and that's the thing that oftentimes, like, yeah, it is, it is something in our brain. We're wired differently. That's one thing. And then oftentimes there has to be something from the past usually childhood or some kind of trauma Mm -hmm. and 
I think that when people, the only way to look into your past and to really dig, you know, deep inside is to actually stop doing what you're doing, like stop drinking and stop using. And that and a lot of people don't get to do that because they're so, they're buried so deep down and it's just so much easier for them to, uh, to drink. And that's what happened to her. And it was just devastating. Like not only just someone that was a family friend, but mm -hmm. also knowing, and I was already sober and just being there at her funeral. I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that. I mean, if yeah. that doesn't show you it can affect anyone who, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. You would people would think never, you know, would never. So that person would know better. That person treats people like that or talks, you know, it, you know, so it's like, you it can be anyone. It can be someone on the street, which is very sad because yeah. if you're on a street, you are likely not entitled to any of the um, health benefits that people get. Uh, most likely your family has probably given up and had to move on. Mm -hmm. They're not given up on you fully, but you know, they still, they can become codependent. And so that's, that's sad. And, uh, or you can be anyone like a lawyer. You can be someone who works at a store. You can be really anyone because it's so easy to be functioning. Mm -hmm. And I think that if people just opened up to it, that people, there needs to be an open conversation. And I really, that that's why I'm speaking about it because, you know, there are a lot of funny stories like you and I can laugh about it, but this it's all really tragic for everyone mm -hmm. else. And, mm -hmm. It is, and I've lost so many people in the last three years that I know. Wow. Passed away directly from alcohol and drugs or, uh, you know, relate, things related suicide. Right. Which probably resulted from, you know, one with the other. It's just so mental health. Yeah. So. So that was one of my questions was, you know, you have a, a platform, you, you have, um, uh, sort of these methods of, of, of being able to reach a lot of people. Why, you know, why did you choose to, to speak publicly about it? Sometimes people are like, well, I wasn't given the choice. It was brought up for me. And then I've, you know, since then, but you know, a lot of times people, they're faced with something they face with like, it's just, they can't let it I go idly by anymore. And they want to try to help. Like what, what why? made you decide to speak about it? I think it's because generally I am a liked person. So I think I have an influence on people. Then because I teach and there's a lot of youth. And then I also mentor some troubled youth around okay. you know, for people, you know, for pe people now. So I yeah. have a few people that I mentor. And then I'm fairly known in the industry, at least in Vancouver and probably in Canada, you know, enough people, people kind of know about me. And, mm -hmm. and then it's because I was, people never guessed that I was the one with the problem there. And oftentimes it was like, Oh, like, yeah, the girl, like the pretty girl, whatever. And I was like, you know what, just because of everything I said, I'm going to make a difference for other people. And I know that this can open up some doors and maybe make some people upset and maybe people will not want to hire me or some people will choose not to associate with me. That's mm -hmm. fine. That's fine them. But I just thought for others. And I think that because I'm so open and I just, I'm just putting it out there and I know it's a risk too. Like it's, and, and, and I've been set, it kind of started off with my book and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm not publishing my book, 
I definitely want to move the message. Mm-hmm. The book was really an, also an expose, kind of like a memoir. So it's like everything. But here, when I share, I can just kind of focus on, on a certain aspect of the addiction. And I don't have to focus so much on my life. That's more the book. Yeah. But more so like how to make a difference for other people. And I put myself out there. I tell people all, all the time, if you have anything you want to talk about, please reach out. That's great. You, know, you can reach out to me easily via Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Do you get a lot of feedback when you when you post things about being sober or your, your celebration days? Do you get yeah, do you get a lot of feedback? You know, and speaking about you, I think I should make it more of like a regular thing because I go in spurts. Like I do a lot, and then I just kind of retract, and I go back and do a lot. But generally, always I do. I get a lot of messages, and I've spoken to people. I've got, gotten on the phone with them. Oh wow! And I like that it's if I can make a difference for other people and if I can prevent or just at least even help them to start talking. Yeah. And then we're talking. And when we're already talking, that's like one step towards getting better. Yeah. I love the idea of like that, you know, people would have no idea, you know, otherwise had no idea that it affected you. Right. Like, you know, like, Oh, I mean, I heard the same thing too. It was like, Oh, I knew you liked to drink, but I had what I had no idea that that and it's just like well why not I mean it, it has for longer than I've just said it now like it's been years and years and years I've just ignored it for a long time but you know you think the 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 misconception of like who it can a, a, um, affect or impact and then the impact on the, all the family around too but the the impact on the person and just being able to say like I'm I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict and not have people immediately judge you for that um, or have, have a misunderstanding around what that means. Mm. Um, but to, you know, to change the face of it, right? Like it's not, it's not someone who it, it's not just, it's not one look. It doesn't. And when I'm having these conversations, I hear like, it's, it, there's so many different, um, it's such a levels and gray areas of what sobriety or recovery or what you consider having, you know, a trouble with alcohol or an alcohol addiction or whatever, like such a gray area in some cases that it's fascinating to hear why people talk about it. Um, you know, how they, what's the language they use? You, you use very, um, very clear language. You talk about being clean and sober. You talk about being an alcoholic and an addict and like, it's just very, you're very straightforward about that. So I can't see how it can't, you know, help, right. You're, you're painting a picture you do your story paints a really clear picture, like, yeah. and you're willing to help people. I think that's like, just you, you, you willing to talk to people is. Oh, it's beautiful. I, I, it's part of our healing too. Right. I think that I heal more if I help yes. people out. And there was one more thing I wanted to say, like people like you and I, for instance, if I know somebody else is in recovery and or that they're an addict who's trying to, um, trying to you know, rec- get sober. I know that these people work harder than anybody else. And it's funny because I came across another producer because I am developing some projects. They're at various stages of um, development, feature films and a TV show. And we had an initial meeting. So, you know, I didn't know if I was going to join their team and I also didn't know if they wanted me to join their team because I was like I don't know you know we'll see but I really want to and somehow through our interview we established that we're both sober and in recovery we're both addicts uh, sorry alcoholics who's mm-hmm. alcoholics addicts and 
as soon as we knew that about each other, there was this bond mm-hmm. in my eyes. I was like, oh, this person's working, working, you know, her ass off or his ass off and, you know, vice versa. And I knew that if we work together, I can trust him and he can trust me yeah. because there's no way that I want to go back in my old, you know, old ways. Or like, I want to, pr- you just want to prove yourself that I am capable of doing all this. So, yeah. and yeah. it's great. And we're working great together and it's funny. So, and I think that if other people saw it that way, instead of just saying, you're an alcoholic, like you're just, you're weak. A write-off. You're a write-off. You're a write-off. Like, yeah, no, no thanks. Like yeah. you got problems. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just look at it like, okay, this person, you know, has had some struggles and they're working incredibly hard. Yeah. That's know, a to be beautiful way to put it. Yeah. And I think that, that that was one thing I just wanted to add because it is a different kind of perspective to look at it. And mm-hmm. if everyone saw it this way, this way, they probably... You know, with, when they wouldn't say that something's wrong with you, but yes, you just need help. Mm-hmm. And once you get your help, you're going to almost become like a superhuman, not a superhuman, but just work really hard. You yeah, know? the dedication. If, they, if anyone understood the dedication and commitment um, it takes, you know, and 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 then to, I mean, it's worth it because it's so everything's so much better. Yeah. But like, it's still, it's still active. I'm like, I'm, it's not like, a, well, <laughs> all done, yeah. you know, it's like continuous. I'm, I'm always you know, working, I'm always doing something to continue this and maintain this and like put it forward to the future. So if people understood that, there would be a whole different perspective on it, like you say. Yeah, and I hope they will. I really like that you created this podcast because just the name on its own, you know, the unashamed alcoholic. When I saw it, I was like, huh, what is this? You know, like, let me listen to it right away. And I really, I just, I really loved it. I love the way you put it out there. And yes, we should be unashamed to say mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know? And thank yeah. you. I really appreciate that. And yeah, that's, a, that's such a nice boost of support. Cause you know, every now and then I'm like, you know, have I put, you know, it's, it's, you're putting, obviously I'm putting myself out there a lot, but you know, I want it to be, for, I want it to be obviously for a reason I want to, you know, impact somebody. So like, if I can just like, if just somebody, one person of the people who listen to it, it, it makes a difference for, um, then it's worth it, you know? So I just, I want to reach someone and show them that like life can be better. It can affect anyone. You know, the stories are all different. No one's story is, is like, um, going to be the same as someone else's. It's just, it, it's just, you know, I want, if I can touch one person's life by doing it and make them realize something or change a perception someone has about alcoholics or addicts and then it was, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate your, your kind words and your support that you showed right away. It was really nice of you. So thank you. Thank you. No, I was, I was excited. I'm always excited to see or hear and even more so with women because there it's there's always more judgment on women you know with everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. and add to it that you're a mother mm-hmm. you know, people are and you know I would like to be a mother as well and this is you know and I and I know from going to meetings there are a lot of mothers and they're wonderful mothers in fact you know my mom's or my parents best friend she 
was a mother. And when I was a kid, I used to actually help her get alcohol. I, I didn't understand. When we were on vacations, she would say, I'll let you smoke a cigarette if you buy me a bottle. Oh. So just say that we have to go to the room, you know, like, and right. I would do these things and, you know, and she later sobered up and she's kind of the leader of the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings in Slovakia. Oh, wow. Who always told me for years and years and years before I actually admitted that I was an alcoholic, <laughs> you know, step one. Uh, <laughs> that she was the one who was always telling me, you're going to have to stop all. I mean, it's you can't stop one without the other. It's all together. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And she's been wonderful and, you know, and I always keep in touch with her because of that. And obviously whenever I go back, I, you know, I see her. Well, the yeah. mom, the mommy drinks culture is a whole other thing of that. And I, I, I held on to that for a long time. Cause I'm like, it's fine. It's fine because it's allowed. And it's like, you know, mom, mom needs to drink because of the kids like, and, and rationalizing it with that and making it okay. You know, like mommy juice or something. Yeah, go get mommy's it, juice. And- uh, it's like, well, if you think about it, like what, what are we pushing here? I know. Like, first of all, mommy doesn't need a drink. <laughs> mommy it can be difficult, but she doesn't need a drink to deal with motherhood and her, her children. No, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make them suddenly go away and stop fighting. Her. Go away and then doesn't really help her may, maybe in the moment she feels like it, but then you wake up the next day, you're more tired, you're performing less, you know, you may have a headache, be grumpy, be yep. all these things that come up. You're not as focused to drive. You have less energy, like yeah. you name it, what can go wrong, right? Yes. Yes, but it was like, because everyone says that's okay, then I guess I can start drinking it, you know, because I've got kids, like, you know, it's such a, it's, I mean, that's, so that's a whole other uh, story, because it's, it's a way to, I use that as like another way to rationalize and and stay out of it. I mean, I also thought if I kept getting pregnant, then I would be able to stop drinking too, because I don't drink when I'm pregnant. So I, I mean, there's just then an addict's mind is able to justify doing a whole lot of stuff and making it okay it's like the master of because that's what my (laughs) husband says you always have you can always I can say because I always can say it's because of this because of this it's because you know it's it's kind of the natural way to be yes Yes. And, and and now I mean now it's just like you said life isn't easier it's just, it's different. It's, it's better. It's clearer. <laughs> it's better, but it's just, it's different. And I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything now. No. And you know, like just like the reliability, I'm so reliable now. <laughs> I, I'm there all the time. Like I'm there and I'm fully present. And just Never. saying that is like, people will be like, wait, what you're, you're, but you're an alcoholic, you're an addict. How can you say you're reliable at the same time? It's just like, yeah you know but you are exactly right yeah like alcoholic addict in recovery you know and that means for the rest of your life yes but you still are the alcoholic and that's what people don't get it's Mm -hmm. like you know I tell them like okay so if you have I don't know this is like an extreme like Parkinson's or something you it doesn't go away have it you treat it okay that's a bad example but something for instance you know you have to treat it and for a long time. And even if you get better, you probably have to always, you are a cancer survivor for the rest of your life. And I think the same thing goes with, 
you know, alcoholism and, and addiction. It's just, you kind of maintain, you mm -hmm. maintain your sober state for the rest of your life. Yeah. I just, I, I wrote, I wrote uh, something about that the other day because I once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Like if someone said, if you're 30 years in recovery, are you still an alcoholic? Yes. Because if I'm just like, well, <laughs> that's done with now, yeah, now I'm, done. I'm fine <laughs> and I'll start drinking. Well, everything just comes back. It's all the same. It's suddenly back. I mean, yeah. I, it's all the same stuff again. So I, I might not, I mean, just, I don't drink, but I'm still an alcoholic. Like there's yeah. that misunderstanding too. Like that misunderstanding of like, oh, you're an alcoholic. So you're always, you always want to drink. You always want to, you're, 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 um, you must crave alcohol. You must want to be, you must miss it or whatever. Like that's a huge misconception is like, no, I have no desire. It's not there. I don't want no. to any, and if I don't want to in 30 years and I pick up a drink, I'm still an alcoholic. It's still the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Well, I really appreciate it. I won't keep you any, any longer. It's already been a, an hour. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I think you, you've got a really interesting story, a really um, honest story. And I, I would love to read that book. So whenever you uh, get that, you know, out there, I'm, I, I think a lot of people would, would love to read that because, you know, when I was looking for, um, reasons to keep drinking. I was reading a lot of memoirs of, of that sort of people. And I was trying to find myself in there. So I think that's, you know, and that's part of sharing this too, is people are looking for something they can connect with. So, you know, yeah. I think just, just keep, if, if you can keep sharing like your story, there's, there's always going to be someone who takes something of value out of it. Yeah. Thank you. It's true. And I'm so glad that you had me that, that you know, that you contacted me when we were speaking keep in touch and I'll be, I'll keep listening. I, I really enjoy the podcast. So oh, good. Thank you. I'm it's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's great. Thank I'm you. Glad that you're doing it. You know, it will only get better and better and better. And then you will have, you know, re, you'll reach all kinds of people. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Enjoy your afternoon. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Chatting with Andrea today was both inspiring and comforting. She has such a lovely, calm presence to her. She's out there sharing her story, inspiring others, and not sugarcoating it. Addiction isn't pretty, but Andrea is another example of how people can change. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Thanks for listening. See you next time.